right, we're going. Cool. All right, so uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, guys, I'm Max Middleman, and I'm a voice actor. I do the voice of One Punch Man and Ryuji in Persona 5 and King in Seven Deadly Sins and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Harry Osborn in Spider-Man, and I, yeah, that's what I do for a living. Cool, cool. Um, have you been to SakuraCon before? This is the first time. Yeah, yeah, what do you think of it? It's awesome so far. It's, it's one of the most... Uh, well-run cons I've been to, and the opening ceremonies were hands down the best opening ceremonies of any con I've been to. There was so much talent. There was uh, between the taiko drumming and the um, I don't I don't know what the instrument is called the um, uh, that like the guitar like yeah, instrument with the banjo, but it's not yeah banjo. yeah I yeah. Know yeah. You're talking about. but I don't think that's the correct continent maybe <laughs> uh, but anyway there, it was like it was really awesome and it was it was super pro and and legit so that was fun awesome. is this the biggest convention you'd ever been to not the biggest one biggest one well i've been to san diego comic-con and that's you know hundreds of thousands of people um and then uh one one that i was a guest at i was at a one called c2e2 which i think had like eighty thousand. So, yeah it's a big one Wow. And Anime Expo is big in LA. It keeps growing. It's like ten thousand more people every year. Last year it was like one hundred ten thousand people or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I know that you live in LA. Um, what do you like about being in that area of the country? Like, what are the pros and cons? Well, I grew up in in LA, but not not LA proper, not downtown. I grew up in sort of the valley. Right. So um, it's funny because I can't I can't really move away from the valley. Like I grew up there. The weather is very it, um, like stable, it doesn't change a lot. Mm-hmm. In the winter, it rains like three days right. out of the year, <laughs> and you're lucky if it rains three days. Yeah, and uh, and so I just I, I mean I love the weather. It sounds so stupid, but <laughs> I can't get away from how nice it is there. Yeah. Um, all right, so probably um, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, one of your biggest roles has been One Punch Man. It's a role that I've loved. Um, so many people told me to like, kept like, have you watched it? Have you watched it? Have you watched it? And then finally, I binged it all in like a day and a half or something. Um, how do you relate to One Punch Man? Well, he's a guy looking for a challenge, and because he's the he's the strongest, so he can't find anyone that is uh, that can challenge him, right? And so. Uh, I am trying to find out how I relate to him. I probably relate in a sense that way. Like, um, um, I, 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 can't, I can't say I've worked towards anything as hard as he has. Right. You know, I, I think the closest I've come to, like, his commitment to something is, like, in voice acting. Where I'm like, right. I'm going to make this happen for myself. This <laughs> is going to be my, be my career. Sure. But, um... But yeah, but I mean, I, you know, he's he's bored, right? He's like, he, ah, he's just like, it's kind of depressing. Like if you sort of unpack his life mm-hmm. and like don't look at the bigger story, just like pick apart his day, it's kind of depressing. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> underwhelming. Um, what's your interpretation of how he's able to be so strong yet so like nonchalant? So strong yet so nonchalant. My interpretation of that? The calisthenics. Uh, yeah, I guess so. His, his resting heart rate is thirty BPM. Um, my, well, I, you know, I think like he's modest, right? He's super modest, and I think that's um, an admirable quality, mm-hmm. being who he is, where he could be 
the villain and be like full of himself and his powers and whatever, but he's not. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, that's that's cool. I think that's what makes him such a lovable character. Another role that, that I really love uh, on the video game side is Fidel in Star Ocean 5. Thank you. I'm a long time uh, Star Ocean fan. Um, and I was curious, how did you get that role? Fidel in Star Ocean 5 came about from just a, a, a casting call, mm-hmm. uh, an audition. And I auditioned for the role, and um, a guy by the name of Wes Gleason directed me on that. Um, super cool guy. And um, when I was there, he he um, he was like, "I'm so excited to get you in. I've been trying to get you in on a bunch of other stuff." And, and that was the first time I worked with him, I think. And um, I, it was just super cool. It was, it was super cool. I, I, I liked the game a lot. Um, Line Light was the um, um, uh, not the developer, the uh, publisher. Sure. Was it Square Enix? Well, uh, Blind Light, I guess, recorded it. Blind Light was the audio, and Square Enix was the... (laughs) This is very uninteresting to everyone. I'll move past that. Uh, But, uh, yeah, but that's how I got it, and um, it was sort of just a... I didn't really have a callback. It was just based off the audition. They were like, you're the best one, and I was like, cool, thanks. What's that feeling like when uh, when you don't even have to wait for the callback? That must be pretty cool. It's great. I mean, because you don't know. Ninety nine percent of the time, you you don't know you don't you didn't get the job. Or like a hundred percent of the time, you don't know. You have to find out through other means. You know, <clears throat> they don't tell you. They just tell you when you do get the job. So getting a call that's not like a all right, you're in the running, and you know it's down to you and a couple other guys and. Just getting the call. That's like you did it. You booked it. You're good. You're good. You you good for Tuesday? Tuesday at four. Right. So that's that's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Um, did you play any Star Ocean games growing up? I didn't. I didn't know. I was not familiar with the franchise. Um, but I did. I did some research beforehand, so I could get familiar. But but no, I I the most I did was I watched some playthroughs online on YouTube because that's the best way of preparing yourself. I think. Oh for, yeah. For like stuff that you're not familiar with, which in the mindset, yeah, is 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 like yeah, you just type whatever into into YouTube, it, it comes up. So, did you have like a favorite scene um, that you voiced, or or a favorite funny experience when you were um, in the studio? Um, yeah, man, one of the directors uh, is a um, he's a jokester, and um, the um, he kept he kept making this one joke, which it annoyed me, but it was hilarious at the same time. But um, you know that song "Bubble Butt." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, well, the the microphone stand kept every every time I like tapped it, it would click back and forth, and it clicked to like the rhythm of "Bubble Butt." So he would get on the talk wow. back and just like whisper in my ear, "Bubble Butt." Bubble, 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 bubble. It doesn't seem helpful. And it was so, and it just kept getting in my head. And now it's, it's like oh a recurring goodness. joke, but yeah. Yeah. And um, what was it like, uh, not just, uh, say, Fidel and Star Ocean, but in general, what was it like the first time you were watching a show or you were watching Toonami or you were watching someone play a video game or something that you voiced and you heard your voice click? It was exhilarating. Like, it was so much fun. It, I, I've watched cartoons all my life. I never stopped watching cartoons. There was a period where I stopped watching cartoons because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, you know? But um, then it became my job, and I was like, wait, why did I ever stop? Even if it wasn't my job, like, I can still enjoy animated shows. Um, 
shows that are you know direct you know their demographic is for kids or not like I, I enjoy all of that um, I like your shirt you're wearing a Rick and Morty shirt that's one of my favorite shows ah thank you yeah <laughs> um, and and your shirt as well yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, so so yeah so getting to hear my voice um, it, it was the first time was an ultimate Spider-Man and I did some Rhino uh, some lines for the Rhino and that was awesome man I was so stoked I was so stoked and then my first regular gig my recurring role first recurring role was on Transformers Rescue Box and being in a room with you know Steve Bloom DC Douglas and 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 Jason Marsden and Marisa Marsh was so cool and then getting to see that all come together and and on TV and like a cohesive piece was like man and I still get a kick out of it every single time I I see something uh, that I've done come to life. Video game or commercial, promo, animation, doesn't matter what it is. I'm, yeah, it's, it's still exciting to me. Awesome, yeah, and uh, you know, you mentioned that you watch uh, other animated things. I'm, what is some of your favorite stuff? You mentioned Rick and Morty. What are some of your other favorite things you haven't worked on? Uh, favorite things I haven't worked on? Oh, oh man. I would love to do Rick and Morty so bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> what kind of character would you like to do? They, uh, anything. I don't care. I'll do anything they want me to do. Yeah, just do that like improv style. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because they record at the same studio that I record at often. Oh, cool. And, uh, and I always see them like walk back and forth. And I'm like, oh. just get that sparkle in your eyes. Like, yeah. yeah, that door. That. that door. <laughs> but um, other stuff, like, I don't know. I think it would be fun to be a turtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like f- my favorite um, I mean my favorite shows are, are shows that I feel like I don't want to touch I think they're, they're great and yeah. people voicing the characters are great and too much pressure it's it's on a pedestal no. right that can too I, can, I, can I do it justice yeah <laughs> right unless it's a completely different iteration of the show yeah but otherwise if it's like a, um, a reboot which is like the same I don't know. I feel like if the actor is still around, I don't know. It's it's weird, but like, um, yeah. I, I I listen. I'm an actor. I'm desperate. I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. There's. You're not gonna turn down a good role. Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> Whatever people want to give me, I'll take. It. So, are there any like uh, movies or like you know non animated TV shows that you've been vibing to lately or? Mm, yeah. Really um, enjoyed. Mm, well, I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones. Mm. I feel like I'm gonna give you the. the Regular answers that everyone uses, but like Game of Thrones, I kind of stopped watching Walking wa- stopped watching Walking Dead. Mm. Um, Same thing happened to me that after the prison season. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kept I stopped watching it for like a few seasons, and then I caught up, and then I stopped watching again. I, I don't think I'm gonna pick back up. Yeah, I just keep looking at the spoilers and right. seeing who dies. It's been going downhill. Is it's just like when something runs for that long. I don't know. I think quality declines. It's, and it's hard. A bit. Yeah. To make it what, novel. I mean, that's why, you know, um, Breaking Bad lasted five seasons. They could have gone way more, but mm-hmm. the creator of the show was like, no, Vince, Vince Gilligan. He's yeah. like, no, I just want five. And I'm glad he did that. That, yeah. was, that was one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, they never jumped the shark, it seemed like. It was just from start to end, it was just like super high quality. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, pause real quick. Can you, can you guys edit it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Audio editing. Okay. Hello! 
Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're wonderful. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Oh, um, so you played Arima in Your Lie in April. Kosei, yes. There's a lot of range of emotion uh, that Kosei has that comes with his character, his backstory, and what he, I guess you could say the traumas he's unpacking and and growing over and overcoming throughout the show. Yeah. Was there anything you did to, uh, any method acting or any way you put yourself in a mindset to channel that? Um, it's interesting because it was given this example the other day and it's actually apropos because I brought up Breaking Bad, but Brian Cranston, um, I was watching like interviews and stuff of him and, or of other people who work with him and they say that between takes, he's joking around, he's laughing, whatever, and then they'll yell action and he'll be streaming tears because he's an actor and he's able to like put himself in that place. But even the best of actors have trouble sort of getting there that quickly. But um, I think the point is like, I, I rely on my on my acting training to, to put me in that you know emotional state and to get the performance that I need for, for the character because it is all over the place. And when you're recording an anime, you're recording multiple episodes, a session, probably, depending on how many lines you have, multiple scenes. One scene could be throwing a party, and the next could be you know mourning a loss, and um, and you have to change on a dime like that. So the stuff that I do to put me in the play, I just sort of, I try to be truthful to the character. That's it. I, I try my hardest to be um, 100% authentic, as authentic as I can be. And, and I, I guess that you know that that that's it I, that's I, I, I rely on my seven years of acting classes for all that stuff you know yeah and I was actually gonna ask you something similar so this would be a great time to talk about that what what were your acting experiences before voice acting and um, you know could you just explain some of those more quote-unquote traditional skill sets that you pull from to do what you do with voice acting yeah, um, so um, pretty much all my training is on camera training or live action acting, and so that translates pretty well to, to voiceover acting because it's voiceover acting is just acting, um, in a in a different medium. So I mean, it would be like you know the difference between acting in a drama versus a comedy. If you're an on camera actor, you got to learn the medium, right? But if you're an actor and if you're a good actor, the same rules apply. Yeah. So I, you know, I took, so I, I was, I was a pre-med in college for four years mm -hmm. and my last year I switched my major to theater and went that route at the same time I got an agent and everything. But, um, but so, so I, so I had a lot of training in throughout college and I did high school musicals and I did middle school plays and right. so I, I've been doing it a long time. I guess without realizing it, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and so do I rely on what your question was? Do I rely on like? Yeah, it's just I I always find it interesting to like see the paths that people take um, to get here, you mm -hmm. know. And it's I, I don't I feel like um, I just feel like you you it would be weird to meet a voice actor. That doesn't love like the stage or wasn't um, oh, you I know, see brought up on saying. the stage or, yeah. or doing a lot of film and, oh, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, no, you know they're out there. Mm -hmm. They're definitely out there. Like I have an on-camera friend who hates theater. 
Yeah. She does, she does not want to do theater ever in her right. life. And I love theater. Mm -hmm. I love, I have a passion for theater. The only problem is it takes up so much time with rehearsals and everything. I can't balance it all. Yeah. But if I could, I would so do theater. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I have a passion for all of that. I'm super interested in all of that. And I've done some on-camera stuff and no stranger to that. So, um, yeah, I... I love it, man. I, I'm just, I'm passionate about acting, I yeah. think, in general. Yeah, sure. And, you know, kind of looking at it from that broad perspective of just acting from, you know, a you know bird's eye view way high up in the air, just looking at the whole thing. What are some of the most inspiring performances that you think about or just like, you know, if someone asks you, like, what are some of the best performances you've ever seen in anything? I what think, comes to mind? I think actors who are really interesting, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me, but... Someone like Crispin Glover, you know him? He yes. was Willard, and he was, was Back, to the, Future. Back to the Future. He played... Uh, he's in American Gods. Yeah, yeah, I think he's awesome. Just because I think he's a weird dude, so it translates well. Like, the choices he makes in life are interesting, so the choices he makes in his acting are equally <laughs> as interesting. Right, yeah. So, that to me, he's, he's an interesting actor, you know? Um, there's always like you know the Johnny Depp's of the world who who can transform and that's super cool. Um, there you know I, I like I like that for different reasons, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like one one instance that really like blew me away and, and got me into it really inspired into acting. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to think about it. If I can think of something, I'll yeah. No, that's fine. And I, I love the take about. Uh, interesting people making interesting actors mm -hmm. you know yeah. I think that alone is kind of something um, a little bit you know profound because as an whatever. actor you have to make strong choices right if you're making bland run-of-the-mill choices a you're probably not going to book the job B it's going to be super boring right most likely and inherently if you're <laughs> if you're a unique individual it's just going to be interesting to me like he's interesting to watch in an interview. Did you see him on the Letterman interview? Like I've seen that forever one. ago. Oh, it's classic. Mm -hmm. You've got to watch it. He went on, I think it was Letterman, and he was, oh man, he was acting like he was on something. Yeah, he was, he right. was hot on something. And after he came, like all these years later, he was like, oh yeah, that interview. Yeah, that wasn't me. That was my twin. And it's like, what? Oh. <laughs> what? Does he actually he, have a Twitter And he, just he denies, <laughs> with every fiber of his being, he denies that that was him Lovely. on David Letterman. <laughs> oh, that's great. And he was just being a weirdo on that show. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, that's, <laughs> to me, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I think that's a great answer. From when you switched over to the theater major and graduated and started to pursue acting to where you are now, did you ever envision this level of success? I hoped for it. Yeah, I mean, I hoped for it. And I I think if you have the drive, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, if, if, if that's in you, you go for it. And you do it, and you get it done. Um, and there's going to be roadblocks, and but, you know, you shoot for the stars, and hopefully, you know, you reach the clouds, you know? Like, that's that's been, I think, a driving force for me is I always shoot for the stars and wherever I land is better than the ground, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, it's you gotta you gotta take first steps, you know, to do anything at all. And I I like your mentality there. Yeah, uh, I think that's something that you know a lot of people need to be reminded of. Um, so another interesting thing that I've sort of noticed uh, just from talking to you before the interview and talking to Ray yesterday, uh, and we're gonna be interviewing Robbie later. Uh-huh. It seems like uh, you. Ray Chase and Robbie Damon all kind of like have a friendship is am I right about this yeah we're all friends yeah do you guys go to a lot of cons together do you travel a lot together or we do we, we, we try to go to as many cons as we can because we have a, a show we have our, our improv show mm-hmm. loud annoying and very annoying Lava. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and it's like one of the most fun things we can do at conventions right um, you know there's improv and sketch and games and prizes and audience participation and it just it makes it a lot of fun, um, and we have like an eighteen and up show, so we, we we're doing that tonight. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and um, we try to look. We try to two things. We try to make it interesting for ourselves, but we also try to make it interesting for the attendees because they're coming here for programming and experiences, and and you know we feel like we gotta we gotta uh, deliver because <laughs> you know we're here for a reason. So yeah, I try to go with them as much as possible, and um, and yeah, it usually works out. It, it's it's cool because yeah, we're friends, and also we happen to share credits and have similar fan bases, and and there's a lot of crossover. So it just it works. It works well. Yeah. Do you got any uh, funny stories from that trio? Funny stories. <laughs> Every day is a funny story. Uh, Robbie does Robbie. Most of the funny stories are on Robbie's vlogs. He, he vlogs, and they're all on his channel. I'm trying to think of, like, one... Oh, man. Too many good... I, 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 it, it just... Rob, man. <laughs> Our interactions are so stupid mm-hmm. with each other. Like, we're so silly and dumb right. that... I, I can't think of one thing. It's Yeah, it's, no, I get it. It's, it's that, everything. It's like dynamic. friends can be... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like uh, me and this guy, you know, we're just constantly roasting each other. I can't imagine, just with the person, those three personalities, I imagine you have some pretty funny <laughs> yeah, moments third together. Third person that he does. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, when I first met Robbie, I met him, I did a show called Breadwinners, and I met him at Nickelodeon, and my first impression was not a good one. Oh. Uh, he made he made a, a, um, an inappropriate joke towards me. It was my first original animation job like original, original character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was super excited to be there. I recorded the character, who's the character of the poltergeist, right? I, I was done. I sat on the couch and I asked the casting director, and I was like, hey, can I sit and watch? Can I watch? It was Robbie and uh, an actor by the name of Eric Bauza. And I was like, can I just watch them? And she's like, yeah, of course. So <laughs> they get in the booth, and Robbie makes like a... A very inappropriate. I don't know what your audience is. I don't. I don't want to. Like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's over eighteen. Yeah, yeah okay. well, you, all right. Well, he was whatever. like, he was like, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but it was like, yeah, it was something to the effect. It was like a dick joke of some sort, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, whoa, this isn't what. This is wrong. This is Nickelodeon. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my perception of like cartoons was like everybody's nice and it's yeah. all flowers and candy corn and unicorns and and uh, and he made that joke and I was like, this guy's an ass. Yeah. And so and I didn't I didn't like and I kept running into him and I was like, ugh, that guy. And I didn't get to know him until Ray 
uh, was in Final Fantasy with him, mm-hmm. and Ray told me he was like, I was friends with Ray already, and he was like, so I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna get drinks with this guy, Robbie Damon. And I was like, don't do it, dude. That guy's the worst. He's the worst. You're going to hate it. And then he came back. He's like, he wasn't that bad. I don't know what you were talking about. I was like, I'll give him a second chance. Yeah. So I did. And anyway, so, yeah. The rest is history. And now you guys laugh. Well, I think, I think at it. that point, too, like, it was like a year and a half later after I did that, after I did that uh, Breadwinners. And um, and I learned, like, my my pristine, crystal clear view of what, like, the industry was supposed to be mm-hmm. was already so shattered at that point yeah. that I was like, oh, okay, he's just a dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you were a little more ready to yeah, accept it. Yeah, yeah, Cool. Do you uh, have any kind of role or, or dream voice role acting or voiceover that you'd like to get to in the next five years? Anything that you've got? You know, your five-year plan, that's what I want to get. This is how I'm going to do it. I mean, not really. I, I I do my job is basically to audition, right? That's oh. what I do the majority of the time. I don't record sessions, I record auditions. So uh, I've learned that I can't really pick and choose, so I don't really have of course I have like goals and stuff that I want to do and they're always evolving and changing and for the better. And but I don't really have like a, I have to do this character because I feel like that leads to a little bit of disappointment. When something comes along that I really want, I put a little more energy into it maybe, but like I'm not like, if I don't get this, it's over, you know? Yeah. I can't do that. So um, there's nothing in particular, but, uh, but I do have a bunch of stuff coming out in the following months and next year that I'm super excited about. How do you, uh, when you've done a role and it's one you're really excited about, you know, a lot of people are going to be really pumped about it. How do you manage to keep quiet about it? Uh, NDAs. Well, and, I mean, and, the, and the fact that I'll be murdered if I break my NDA. Well, I suppose that's, that's that, yeah. Literally that. Literally that. That's how I keep quiet. Is I, is that's I, a fair answer. Is fair. I will lose my job if I talk about it. Uh, that's a good incentive, I'd say. That men will come out of the shadows in black suits and take me away. Yeah. You'll never know. <laughs> you in a vehicle and... Yeah. You'll turn on the news. Voice actor Max Middleman missing today. Yeah. I'll turn up in a ditch somewhere like a month later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well... Do you have any upcoming conventions over the next two, three months? I do. I have a lot. I don't... I don't remember what they are, but yeah, that's okay. I have like uh, do I'm going to Dubai next week, so that's gonna be fun. Oh, um, yeah, and I think I'm going to um, where else? See, this is it's tough. I'm going to so many like I don't keep track of them. I have to, I would have to like look at the list. Oh, that's fine. But uh, but yeah, Dubai is gonna be fun. It's gonna be weird and fun. How, how much have you traveled internationally, uh, especially for work? Well, I did uh, New Zealand last year. Um, that's it actually for work internationally I do like I did like Canada and New Zealand oh, those are my two international um, trips and then doing Dubai and I'm probably going to do the UK pretty soon and Australia maybe and then on my own I mean I, I did a lot of family travel um, but on my own I did um, Japan I went to Japan oh how was that I, I was it was I was in love yeah I was in love it, I went to Tokyo and Kyoto and uh, Mount Koya, where we stayed at a Buddhist monastery for a wow. day, wow. for a day and a night, and it was like, 
man, it was so good. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like it was a transformative experience. Yeah, really, right? it, it really was. <laughs> I, 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 it's so different from where I live in Los Angeles. That mm-hmm. like, like Kyoto is so peaceful and serene. The people are like so sweet, and to me, they were like super nice and. Everything is like, arigato, arigato. I was like, oh my gosh, you're also nice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I, I love it. I love the culture. I love everything about it. Yeah, I'd love to get there sometime too. Yeah. Um, and then finally, do you have a message for any of your fans who couldn't make it out to Sakurakon this weekend? A message? Where you at? <laughs> why, are you, why are you here? No, um, a message, uh, my message would be that uh, I love them. I love them all. And I love meeting them when I go to cons and connecting with them and chatting with them and it's um it's fun i just have a blast when i go to conventions and uh you know cons weren't necessarily a thing that that was normal like in the past and i think it's been a really positive thing positive in that like like-minded people get to meet each other and and hook up and like um hook up in a friend friend sense like um, <laughs> and and just like connect with each other and that's cool and so anyway I, I like I like that for the same reason um, so message for the fans hi <laughs> awesome well thanks for talking to us cool, we appreciate thank you. it thank, thank you, so you guys much. yeah <laughs> I'd love to